You're listening to The Droidcast, a dog and pup production starring Roger and Tristan. Each week, this father and son team brings you news, interviews, and information about Star Wars The Old Republic. Hello and welcome to the Droidcast. This is Roger coming to you on Sunday, the 29th of January. Along with me, of course, same as usual, I've got Tristan. Tristan, how's it going? Good, how are you? Very good. I know you're doing better than me because you got your Jawa today. So you're fairly Uh excited about that. (laughs) Best character ever. Okay, we are also very lucky to have, well, what I would like to think of as a power-leveling couple (laughs) is what they are. And Altaholics as well. We've got Jason and Jenny Griffith on the show with us. You'll know... um, Jason, as Sinister, he has his writing blog that he writes, leveling guides, phenomenal leveling guides. And you'll know Jenny just because she's adorable, basically, on Twitter. Is what it is. So both of you, <laughs> welcome to the show. And I am Little on Twitter, in case anybody's wondering. I was going to say that later. I can never pronounce that, though. I, I don't know if that was just a face roll on the keyboard, or I don't I don't know what that where that came from. It's it's actually a very intentional name. It was um, it was my second ever Dungeons and Dragons character, a little gnome rogue named uh, Finralil Radona, and I created that name. So, since that point, it has been my online persona. And basically, with a name like that, you never have to worry about anybody stealing that name anywhere. Ever. Never. Yes. Never. So, how much into Dungeons and Dragons were you? Because I know Jason's pretty heavy into it. How about yourself? He's actually the one who got me into it. Um, First year after we were married, we started to play a little bit, and we would do some small games. I've never really been part of um, any major gaming group. We ended up moving on to doing some online kind of forum-style games, and then got involved in um, more MMO-style gameplay, and, and that's just, it's more engaging for me right now. And you guys did, well, obviously, a ton of WoW together. What other MMOs did you play before that, if any? Um, I played a little bit of uh, Diablo 2, if you want to consider that an MMO. Um, I think that's really the only thing either of us did. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of skipped a stage in there. Uh, before I started playing Dungeons & Dragons, I started uh, console gaming, and I played a lot of RPGs right. as a console gamer. So that that was the transition, the bridge between the two. And are you doing any console gaming now to speak of? Oh no. <laughs> so basically, Not enough hours in the day. Yeah, no kidding. All of your time was in WoW before. Are you splitting your time between WoW and the Old Republic now, or are you basically sticking with the Old Republic? Right now, I, I think I logged in a couple of times during um, the Dark Moon Fair a month or so ago. Um, because I was focused on getting pets at the time, but really since early access started, I have not really touched WoW at all. I've really, really been enjoying Star Wars. Jason? Yeah, pretty much the same. I've, I've logged in, I think, three times in WoW since, I don't know, early to mid-December, um, or well, up until early release, early access. Uh, so yeah, and, and the times I logged in, I just logged in and see how many people there were, and I think both of my uh, primary gear guilds combined, I had a total of three people online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw a lot of that. I saw that some of that too during the beta. A lot of people were basically, if it was a beta weekend, your guild was pretty empty. Yeah. Now, yeah. Ha- were you at a point where you were 
losing interest in WoW, that this was the perfect timing for another one? Or is it just that basically, like you said, not enough time in a day and this one is just much more interesting for you right now? And it's not to badmouth either WoW, of course. It's just to say, you know, people change, you move on. Yeah, for me it was kind of, uh, I don't know, like, I was having a lot of fun in WoW, but I wasn't really doing anything. I was just doing my typical leveling various characters kind of thing. And I was enjoying it, but it wasn't really thrilling so much. It's just kind of entertaining. And then when Star Wars came along, it was just so much fun. And, and you know, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also so much different that it was kind of just what I needed to get me excited and, and wanting to play again more than just wanting to be entertained. And... So, You've been concentrating now mainly on just the sages. Well, I should say like the um, the counselor as well as now the inquisitor classes and the various specs that they can have. <clears throat> have you actually messed around with any other classes to speak of? Oh yeah, my first. Uh, well, when we first started Star Wars, my you know not counting beta, my first uh, main was a inquisitor assassin, and we played him for a little while, and then we decided to go try out Republic a little bit. And then my first kind of real main was a trooper. And I just enjoyed the trooper so much with the ton of AOEs that they get early on. I just kind of fell in love with that class and ran with it. Um, I got him up to 33 and then decided that I didn't like having a trooper as my namesake. So the name just didn't fit. So I had to <laughs> delete him, put his name on a new consular sage and re-roll him as another name. And... I believe I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he now has three consular sages on our Republic server. Only two of them are sages. The third one is is a shadow. Okay. <laughs> Only two. Okay. <laughs> Only two. So three consulars. Three consulars. Now both of you are the same as me too. You're both alcoholics. How many characters do you, are you regularly playing, Jenny? I have, uh, I'd say. Four characters that I play fairly regularly on uh, the Republic server we've been playing on. My smuggler is my main, and she's Fenra Lil, and she's about 36, 35 or 36. And then I have a trooper that is 26, a consular stage that is 26, and a Jedi Knight that's about 14-ish. Freaking Jedi Knight is impossible for me to get into, and... I've tried and I'm finding it very hard. I after I um, on on our for the lore podcast, we got to sit down and talk with Daniel Erickson, the lead writer for the game, and he was telling me how if you stick with the Jedi Knight, and if you play him as evil, towards the end, it really does start to feel like a fallen knight. It really really builds well. So because of that, it is a class that. I, I do feel I am gonna going to tackle. How did you find the uh, the smuggler in terms of like the end of Act One and where it's heading in Act Two? Because I've actually my smuggler is thirty three or thirty four. What did you think of it? I liked it. Um, I've heard that some of the other stories are, I guess, a little bit more intense. There were there were some things that I found satisfying ending Act One. Um, finally seeing the end of Skavik for one thing yeah being able to return flashy to Corso um as far as story goes it's just some of those things that it felt like there was some closure and now I'm I'm feeling more at loose ends there's not as much of a an immediate goal 
anymore and and i'm not sure how that feels anymore see with the the way that you're playing and i know that you play a female smuggler whereas i play a male smuggler and there's a huge difference in how you interact with risha based on what your gender is and so much of the build-up for the smuggler up until the end of act one is that interaction that you have with risha so if you're not enjoying that because you're a female and she's such a snot, <laughs> then I cannot stand her. <laughs> that really has an impact in how much you're going to enjoy the buildup leading to the end of Act One for the Smuggler. And, and maybe that's why I didn't. I didn't feel like it was. It was kind of anticlimactic for me, and and I think that that's probably why. Is I just put up with Risha because I had to. And see, I actually found it was fairly, I loved it. I enjoyed it. But then my guy had been flirting with Risha as soon as she landed on the ship. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a hot chick on my ship. I'm going to flirt with her, basically, is what it is. And so and she's a lot nicer to the men. <laughs> oh, she is. She was fantastic with me. Um, and so it was, it was far more enjoyable for me. But I still did not think of it in terms of an epic ending to, it was very cool and very fun, but nowhere near as epic as, say, the end of Act 1 for the Sith Inquisitor. Visitor, which both Vince and I have talked about was just phenomenal. Now, Jason, in terms of like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would guess that the story is not meaning quite as much for you. It's all about the gameplay and how each of the classes play. Correct me if I'm wrong again. Um, a little bit of both now, actually. Uh, up until Star War, up until this game was released and I started playing it, I really couldn't care less about story. It was all purely gameplay and mechanics for me. Um, but now I'm actually having a blast with the story. You know, I actually, you know, despite my uh, tendency to delete characters, um, I'm actually enjoying characters, getting into them, developing personalities and whatnot. And I'm loving everything about the game pretty much. Right. I was really surprised that I would actually care about story. Okay. And Tristan actually got to finish his Act 1 for his Bounty Hunter last week, which really... Actually, for correct, Tristan, you were saying too, like it's it's finally nice to have that part done, and then be moving on with the Mandalorian stuff as well. Yeah, it is cool to be like turned into the Mandalorian and talk to the Mandalore in that universe. But it was a cool ending. Just again, it was one of those where it was kind of not as not as epic as some of the other ones that we've seen and heard about as well. But then it's again, it's building towards Act Two as well. You were saying too, Jenny, with the Act Two, how it kind of feels like it's uh, for the smuggler, not as cohesive kind of thing. And I was thinking the same thing too. It's, I thought it was interesting. I loved the fight on the freaking the frigate in the middle of nowhere. I thought that was just fantastic. But then it really feels like it's just going to be a series of quests handed to you that are very individual. Um, because you're now kind of re representing and working for the Republic kind of thing. And it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be one cohesive story throughout Act 2, which kind of has me a little bummed out as well. Well, and it's 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 not even so much that. It's, you know, Skavik stole my ship. Dang it. <laughs> I was getting that ship back. I was emotionally invested in that story. And uh, after the end of Act 1, I'm not as emotionally invested. And that's that, I think, is, is why I'm feeling more at loose ends. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's the same thing for the Bounty Hunter as well, too. Yeah. Killing the tarot blood, then once you're done that, you just do jobs. But 
and like we said at the beginning of the show too, we worked towards power leveling. Well, not power leveling, but power working through the quests as fast as we could. Just the class quest for the bounty hunter for you. And uh, I ran him through some stuff on my higher level inquisitor so that he could get his Jawa. Now, say what you will about you know quests that are tacked together and not a cohesive whole. The quest line for the Jawa was pretty freaking cool. That's one of the cool quests to get a companion. That was that was a lot of fun. You were pretty happy oh, no. at the time. <laughs> it was a very cool quest line. Actually talking to him and having him steal your pistol the first time you talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the companions are interesting in this. Now, did either of you play either Mass Effect or Dragon Age or KOTOR? None of the um, above for me. No? I kind of sort of played KOTOR, but not enough to... Okay. I never even saw a companion, so... The, the Companions is something that you really got a, a feel for, especially in Dragon Age and in Mass Effect, and how important they were to, um, to Bioware's way of telling a story kind of thing. And it's funny because as I've been playing the, the variety of alts that I've got, some of the Companion storylines and some of the Companion um, quests in terms of when you get them are phenomenal, whereas some of the other ones are just absolutely terrible, and it just feels like they were kind of tacked on. So, like, Jason, what are some of your favorite companion quest lines or companions to have? Oh, man, let's see. Hmm. I don't know. A lot of my companions are just kind of... None of them stood out that you couldn't wait to get? Not really that I can think of. I mean, there's, there's some of them that are... I don't know. I guess maybe the classes I've played, they've just been kind of, they've all been kind of tacked on to some extent. Um, I mean, some of them had some interesting story, like uh, Kim Vol for all his other failings. <laughs> it was kind of cool getting him. Um, but a lot of the rest of them were just kind of tagging along. I mean, like with the trooper, all of your companions are ones that are, you know, you're talking to during during a lot of your quests. They're just kind of another informant or. Uh, someone that comes in and helps you for a little bit, and then you just kind of tag along. Um, I did enjoy getting Dorn for the trooper. Uh, that was kind of interesting. It wasn't anything really epic, but uh, it was kind of cool to see how, how she responded to joining Havoc Squad as opposed to just being part of the military uh, in general. And then she's just got kind of a weird, quirky... I don't know. She's kind of... I don't know. She's really weird, but... Uh, so it was kind of interesting seeing how she converted from her hardcore Imperial, because she defected from the Empire, came over to the Republic. So it's interesting seeing how she's so uptight and everything, and how you can either reinforce that in Havoc Squad, or you can tell her to screw all that crap, we're here to have fun and blow stuff up kind of thing. So she was kind of interesting. I thought that Eric was actually a fairly interesting character too with the trooper, though those first few levels when you are working for him and then eventually the the turn and then he's working for you. I thought that was actually fairly done for fairly well done for a companion, especially the low level ones. I, I, I enjoyed that one. My trooper is still too low low level. I actually haven't even gotten a Lorna yet. So uh, or a Lara Dorn. I haven't gotten her yet, so I'm looking forward to that. I didn't really like Eric a whole lot. He's kind of a jerk, so I really wanted to shoot him in the face more than 
have him on my team. <laughs> See, you're not going to like a lot of the stuff with the Inquisitor then, because I find for the most part, the companions for the Inquisitor, uh, the quest lines, I they did nothing for me. Andronicos was not a big deal. Ashera should have been a huge deal, but I thought that the actual execution was terrible. And then once you have her, it's always a matter of, it's it's. I don't know if it's just that I'm not reading between the lines, and yes, she is starting to go darker, which would make sense, but then when you talk to her, she's bad-mouthing the Empire, and it doesn't make sense and all that. Yeah. Meanwhile, you make a choice that is point-blank evil, and it's like, bloop, plus 40 affection from <laughs> Sharon. It's like, <laughs> what the crap? <laughs> so, and then Talos was just a joke. I, It was useless. I, I had no use for him. And I haven't gotten my Zalek yet, so that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Meanwhile, the Imperial Agent, I've got one of those that's uh, nearing level 30. And the quest line for Vector was so freaking awesome that I made another Imperial Agent, but this time a female. And because I want her to romance him. Because he's got this freaking hive mind thing going on. And basically, I'm we're going to put on a show for all the other bug people. <laughs> is what it's going to be. <laughs> so, Jenny, what about you? What are some of your favorite characters? Companions. Well, it should be no surprise to anybody who's followed me on Twitter um, that Corso is my ah. favorite companion. He's a jackass. <laughs> he is a he, hillbilly he is. jackass. <laughs> I would well, say inbred say, hillbilly. He reminds me of my husband. Yeah, so. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... Um, He's maybe it's because he's the first companion I really got um, as far as characters that I leveled. Um, but there's just something about him that's reassuring, you know. Hmm. See, he's, he's dependable. I now, granted, I haven't done all of the quests with him, all of his quests. I, I did, I think I got to the point where he was drunk on my ship, kind of thing. And it just felt <laughs> like slapping him, saying, you know, Go sober up, you idiot. <laughs> And that's about that's as far. That's when I warmed up to him because that's when he started flirting with me. <laughs> ah, okay. See, I have, I, I don't have a female smuggler and I hadn't thought of making one because I don't want to romance Corso. It's funny because the, there's some of the companions that it's engaging enough that I literally want to start another character of the opposite gender to be able to play through and see what those the romance options would be with them, which is saying a lot for those quest lines. But not Corso. No, 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 no. No, he's going to be alone in his bunk, and we know what he's going to be doing by himself. You don't want to share that rare vintage wine with him? No, no, no. He's a freaking hillbilly jackass. Not going to happen. And he doesn't stop talking. Oh, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> Do any of them shut up, though? Some of them aren't nearly as bad. You can be with the, um, you can be with Ashera before she says anything. And, and some it's flaky, though. Sometimes she's a lot more chatty than other times. And then... I kind of like Kem because, A, you don't understand what he's saying. So it's just this mumble in the background. But I like that if you're reading the text, it's all about him wanting to eat you or destroy you <laughs> or kill you <laughs> or call you little Sith patronizingly. I like that. It's fun. Calio has some funny lines to the... Oh, my God. <laughs> lick my boot? No, lick my feet. Calio's yeah. hilarious. We popped into somewhere in Narshadam, And as you're walking by, she talks to an NPC beside her and says, I'll give you 20 credits to lick my foot. And then she looks at you and says, loan me 20 credits. Really, he'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, Calio's just great. 
So and do, I was just telling Jason on my my uh, agent that I just rolled that I could not stand Callium. <laughs> oh, she's great, but again, it depends on I my my. I think li- gender makes a huge difference. Huge difference. My huge. little one yeah. is um is a, a female character now, and I'm playing her like all out light side, whereas my other guy is all out dark side, and I'm finding that. The companions really react to you differently as well, based on your choices and how you're playing it. So no, it's it's one of those where if yeah, Calio would probably not be nearly as interesting. So, but um, how are you finding it then with the like you've gotten quite far then with romance options on your characters then? Only on my smuggler, um, it's surprising. Elsinia's twenty six, and Jorgen has yet to even flirt with her. Really. It's true. Apparently that doesn't happen until sometime after you complete chapter one. Oh, okay. Only after chapter one or only yes. once you've romanced past a certain level, affection level? Well, there's, there's, I have like over 6,000 affection with him. So affection level is not an issue. Um, it's, it's literally story that's holding it back. There's yeah, some no, of them are like that. Yeah. There's, there's no flirting. He doesn't like gifts, nothing. Jeez. Try give him a yes. little cat toy, maybe a little catnip. He'll get a little frisky <laughs> with you. I'm a bird. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the interesting things I found when I was doing some of the research on my on the post I did about companions was how many of them won't have anything to do with you romantically until you either have uh, some of them are affection based, a lot of them are. Uh, some of them are class story based, where you're at in your chapters, and some of them are actually level based as well. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how much of a variety there is. So if you wanted to roll, you know, if you wanted to have your female smuggler just to see when their romance options come up, you might expect it in one place, but not actually get it until another. So it was interesting that they had that kind of differences among the classes where it's kind of hard to know, you know, if I roll a smuggler, am I going to be able to romance this companion when I'm level 25 or am I going to have to wait until I'm level 43? You know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see that they had that much variety in there. Yeah, I, and I like that. I like that it's not always going to be the same depending on who you're playing. And I, I like that it's not even going to be the same based on the gender that you choose for your class. We were talking about that on your your, your page, which I'm going to link in the show notes for folks too. It's fantastic companions list post. Thank you very much for doing it. Um, but uh, we were talking about also the, the options of being able to romance you know, more people in your group. Like I wanted, I didn't realize at the time, but I wanted my Sith Inquisitor to romance my freaking Boneface, Zalek. So, (laughs) but that's not going to be in there. And I don't like that they're restricting some of the romance options based on whether they're, you know, they're trying to maintain the purity of that race. It really, that, I I don't like that at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I can understand to some extent on why they would prevent you from romancing some people. And I think there should be some characters in the game that you shouldn't be able to romance because that character story involves them not being interested in romance. Yeah. But I, I'm not a fan of the whole, you can't romance this guy because he's an alien rather than a humanoid. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, unless oh, there's a lot of things you can do. don't mate, which we know they do, then... <laughs> Just watch an old Star Trek episode and watch Kirk. You can romance any type of alien. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but yeah, and then we were also talking about the, the the potential if they were to add more romance options where you can actually marry an NPC off of your ship, which would then allow you to spend more time with them on that home planet wherever they are. And again, the more we talked about it, I I love the idea. I would oh god, I wish they would do something like that. Yeah, I think that would add a whole lot to to the game. I mean, being already being so uh, story based and everything, I think getting people giving people a reason to not be either on their ship or in the Republic fleet all the time, to where you could marry, uh, you know, like the male trooper gets a romantic fling with Agent Jaxo on uh, Coruscant, I believe, Coruscant or Narshada, one of them, um, early on and. You know, I would love to be able to marry some random NPC somewhere out in the world and have my home be Coruscant or whatever that world happens to be Yeah. so that my base isn't my ship or the Republic fleet. Yeah, the the especially the uh, the Imperial agent has uh, the male Imperial agent has a constant flirting thing with Watcher Two, and it's always one of those things where I I really wish they would allow that because it would create a really really dynamic story that's different than what you would get with just Calio or the uh, the other one, um, but it would be something that would also then draw you to Drummond Castle all the time, so you'd be spending time on on that planet, and like I, I don't know I just it would be nice if that were implemented at a later date but i find it hard that it could simply because it would now involve them bringing back all of those voice actors again to do that work yeah yeah i don't have very high hopes of it happening but yeah we can wish. and no matter how many um npcs they added in as possible romanceable there's always going to be someone who wants yet another npc and so there's i think that they the would also have trouble with the heart yeah. wants <laughs> I know. And basically, if you're a male smuggler, a heart wants everything. Every... <laughs> if she's got two legs, I've seen that. yo, dear Lord, yeah. My goodness. I've been having fun. That's <laughs> that's all. About. You know, I I actually find it interesting that um, uh, Katura is my um, consular, my sage, and she just got uh, Theron Cedrix as a companion. And he's not her romanceable companion, as in, like, the one. He's her fling. And that stuff actually happens very quickly. And it surprised me a lot for a Jedi. I, I would think you'd be used to quick flings. I know. That's the first it comes up. Uh, see, that was a shot at Jason. You were supposed to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the same room with him. <laughs> How ex- in uh, thrown object distance. Here. Yeah, really. <laughs> How excited but he are the... have chocolate next to him? Maybe I should say That's something. True. Really, <laughs> I got chocolate. <laughs> How excited are the both of you for Legacy? I'm I'm excited for parts of it. Um, my first thought when they were talking about making family groups and you can link people as far as like a genealogy goes, I'm like, I don't think I like that. You know, what if my smuggler has a daughter and she decides to be a smuggler and then there's some romancing with Corso? I don't think so. Yeah, then you're, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know. With I'm excited about bits and pieces of the legacy. Right now there's been so little revealed that what they have hinted at, like the family tree, I really couldn't care less. Uh, it's not something I'm really interested in the first place, and I don't see my characters having a family tree when I've got one of this race and two of that race and one of this race, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But that's not the kind of role play I would care about getting into, really, in general, anyway. 
Um, but what they have hinted at as far as uh, opening things up for like new abilities and new race class combinations and, and things like that, that aspect of it I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Tristan, now that you've got your Legacy 2, are you more excited about the stuff with the, um, the family tree stuff? Because I know that you basically named your Legacy after your main character, so it can be essentially they're all part of the same family. Yeah, not as much for the characters as much as the like extra appearances and extra other things that you could get that sound really cool. Yeah, cause, but you're in the same boat as, as I am, where you've only got a few characters left, character slots essentially, left on on our server. Yeah, only two left. Yeah, and, and that's where I'm at too. And I know that you guys filled out your server, your main server as well, which we can let people know in case they want to play with you too. You play Republic on... We're on Joyo. Okay. J-U-Y-O. And I'm assuming your character slots are all full. I've got, right now I've got, I think, three open, because I recently did another batch of deleting tunes. But, yeah, they have been filled and refilled and currently empty with a pending refill. And I only have one slot. Yeah. See, that to me is one of the big things with the legacy system, because... It's essentially a system that was built from the ground up for Altaholics, and yet most Altaholics are going to have all of their character slots filled up. So that's yeah. very nice that you gave us an option to you know, create a, a, a class using a different race or different looks or whatever, but if we've used up all of our slots, that don't mean nothing. Yeah, and we, you know... As- and alcoholics that are you know not like us, where you know Jenny and I, we don't play both factions on the same server because there's just not enough character slots. There's eight classes and eight character slots, yeah, per yeah. faction. And I can't have you know if they gave me sixteen, I'd roll both factions on the same server, but they're not, so I'm not going to be good doing cross faction servers. And we ran um, like me and and my son and and the guys from For the Lore, we ran and. All, most of our guys all on the same realm or server I should say and it is something that I'm I'm finding is annoying because the advanced classes are so different from each other that case in point the imperial agent I created the other one because I want a healer so I want an ops mm-hmm. character whereas my other one is a sniper and so I want to be able to to create more of the the same class using a different advanced classes but to do that now now I can't create a Jedi Knight on that realm because that was the only class that was at the very bottom of the list. So guess what, buddy? No, no luck for you. And uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, but do you find it harder to start on another on another server because it is way different than WoW in terms of having the established guild, established you know your bank alt that has all of your gear that you share between all your character, the heirlooms, and everything. It's a lot easier, I find, to start on another realm than it is. In WoW, I I don't necessarily find it harder or easier either way really to to start up new ones over here. Our big thing right now, because you know we're we're looking for a server to really spend a lot of time on for the imp- Empire alts because we don't do alts on the same server. Um, our main problem there i guess really is that we we've got so many friends that we wouldn't mind playing with but they're all on different servers so which server do we go to and who's going to be there and 
right now, I guess right now because it's it's such a new game and people aren't really fully established um, everywhere just yet. It's kind of hard to to say where we want to go. I don't. But at the same time, there's also the whole legacy deal where you've got to start legacy over when you go to a new server. Like I, I've got five and a half legacy levels on my main server, but I've got nothing on any other server. So in that instance, it's it's a little more makes me a little more reluctant to want to go to another server. Oh, definitely. At the same time, I'm not willing to really care about that a whole lot anyway. So well, as it stands right now, it basically doesn't mean anything. We don't even. Oh well, yeah, right now it's just a little dinky title or something. Yeah. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of levels it's going to require to get some of the things that they're talking about. I mean, when they're talking about you're going to be able to spend. Um, or set it up in terms of your experience so that your experience goes more towards PvP versus PvE, then that is something that I really am looking forward to because I've been seriously digging PvP, and I know that you're mm. huge on PvP. What have you been thinking compared to WoW about the PvP here? Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the two games, but there's also a lot of differences too. Um, overall, I would say I'm having more fun with... Uh, Star Wars PvP. Um, I think there's there's enough there's enough difference that it still has a sense like a feeling of freshness to it, even though there there are so many similarities. There's enough differences that that it makes it it still makes us feel fresh, even though some of the things are kind of borrowed to some extent. Um, so I've, I've really been enjoying it. I I would say it, at this point in time more so than WoW. Yeah, I think that especially with the getting rid of the level 50s who've got their expertise, oh, yeah. it's really made a huge difference to the point where I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm thinking I don't think they need to add different categories for or brackets I should say for all of the you know 10 levels up like they do in WoW now that they've gotten rid oh, of yeah. the 50s we're really seeing a different PvP game I've, I've been enjoying it a lot more the only, as far as brackets go, the only uh, desire I still have for that, I, I, and I don't think a bracket is necessarily the the right answer for it, but I would like to see Sprint move to level ten instead of level fourteen, because that's the only real imbalance left in in the ten to forty nine bracket. Is if you're level ten through thirteen, you run significantly slower than everyone else. So not only are you at a disadvantage, but you're actually a hindrance to the rest of your team because you can't respond to things as quickly. So I would like to see Sprint reduced to level 10 instead of level 14 or for the 10 to 13. I mean, that's such a dinky level range to have their own bracket in, but yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to see that particular issue addressed for that reason. I, I think that the easiest, easiest solution would be to drop the Sprint down to level 10. And it would also make sense in terms of your PvE questing, because that's around the time that you are heading to uh, Drum and Cast or Coruscant anyway. So mm-hmm. just give it to you then. It never made sense to me at 14. What? F- why 14? What? Yeah, <laughs> How does that, that make sense? I have no idea. It never made any sense to me either. I, I tried to figure it out. I'm like, well, what else happens at 14? Yeah, and I, absolutely. There's nothing significant. It's not like you're all of a sudden, oh, now you're running a lot further. No, from 10 to 14, you're freaking chugging along <laughs> hell and back. Sprint yep. would be nice. So, Jenny, have you actually been doing any PvP? She's gone. 
Jeez. I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking to about hell PVP, with you. PVP. So, I don't yeah. give a rat's ass. I'm gonna have my chocolates. Um, I have not touched PVP, and I probably will not ever. It's just not something I can get into. Care more about the questing anyway. Yes, and I've I've really gotten into that aspect of it. So, are you finding that the the PVE questing that you are having just as much fun if you are doing it solo versus in a group, even if it's just a group of two, yourself and Jason? Yeah, I I think that it's very soloable, um, especially with different class combinations or with class and companion combinations. Um, there's a lot that you can do on your own. One thing that I have noticed, and, and we noticed this when we were um, re-leveling my smuggler, and that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, Jason leveled one with me, and so we would turn in all of our quests separately and pick them up separately so that we could get max affection. So we weren't rolling for answers, and only if you win the answer do you get the affection. And so Finralil has very, very low social skill or a social level and that that does affect some things and it will affect some things later apparently they're planning on adding pets or other things like that that are linked to your social level yeah tristan's actually been doing more stuff by himself too just to get his bounty hunter leveled up we found out how and i'm sure it was changed at some point i just don't know when i could be wrong but the there's now the level requirement to get onto cash it used to be that for the inoculation i'm almost positive you can get it at any level because i seem to recall i got it on a lower level on my sith inquisitor but now you need to be level 33 so tristan had to go and basically level on his own for a while but once you get to level 33 you can just keep on going to the very end of the game which it's really cool when you get Blizz. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was me and someone else at level 33 beside the gift vendor in the Imperial Station. And you just see him look at the gift vendor, then look at Blizz and give <laughs> gifts. And we were just both doing that. Blizz is one of the... Is definitely one of my favorite companions. I'm actually stuck at a point now, and see, I if you guys haven't progressed quite as far in your storylines, I my Sith Inquisitor actually has four quests left on her class storyline, but unfortunately, I'm not high enough level to complete them yet. And I don't know if you guys have been doing the same thing. If you guys have been basically completing everything that you come across, or if you've been pushing the class storylines for the most part, because that's what I've been doing. And I've been finding it's been creating a more challenging experience because I'm rarely going up against green mobs and storylines in, in like the planet storylines. I'm always facing orange and in some case red because I'm, I'm pushing to do content that's higher level than what I should be doing. And I'm finding that's really creating a game that is a lot more challenging. I know a lot of people have been complaining, saying it's easy mode. And I'm, I laugh because for me, it's bl I die a lot. It's bloody tough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've gotten quite that bad, but we do. We have been pushing through. Like if we're tired of a zone, we have yet to ever finish Terrace or Tatooine. Or <laughs> any of the other ones. I just finished Alderaan. That was that was the first that I'd done that, and I actually went back to do it. Green Quest. 
but now everything on Balmora, which is the supposed to be level appropriate for my character, is now green. The problem is that I feel like I've outleveled the area, and so I don't continue anything more than my class quest. And yet what I am missing is all of the commendations yeah. for the commendation gear, as well as gear rewards that are at the end of the planet quest chains. So I am feeling very, very undergeared, um, even doing green quests. I'm feeling very undergeared. Jason? Yeah, that, you know, when we first started, we were kind of big on the whole, let's do all the quests and all the bonus quests and everything. And we were consistently seeing that we were overleveled for everything. And, and that's when, uh, then I, the, and that's about the time that I deleted my, uh, trooper. And then when we started going back through, that's when we kind of eased up on the whole, let's do everything there is to do uh, aspect when we started kind of focusing on class quest and, and uh, things like that. So we've kind of experienced both uh, extremes in that regard. Um, but otherwise we're, you know, I'm, I'm more or less experiencing the same thing that Jenny is on that part though. Yeah. See, we've been doing a, a mix we're in because we've got so many alts as well. It allows you the flexibility on you're doing all the content on the planet. It's just not always on all the same characters kind of thing. Like Tristan and I mm -hmm. have done a lot of the, the, the quests on, um, on Narshada, say for example, and we did mm -hmm. some now on, on Terrace, but there's still a lot that we can do, but we can mix and match based on whatever characters we happen to be playing. And I like that. I like that. Your, your alts aren't always going to be just about doing the exact same thing as your other characters if you play that way because there's there's so much to do that, you, again, you don't have to worry. You, you want to create an alt just so that you can tackle some of the planets that you might have glossed right over. So, And I'm finding also that depending on how you play various planets, it actually is... I don't know if you guys do a lot of role-playing or if you are on a role-playing no. server at all, yeah. Not from a, you know, role-playing with the guild kind of thing, but immersing yourself in the character. I find that I enjoyed, say, as an example, Alderaan a lot more on my Imperial agent who was playing it and choosing the options that were playing their game, the noble's game, but the, the mindset of I'm only doing this to kind of be the quote-unquote spy. Whereas with the Sith Inquisitor, she would just talk down to them, be a pain in the ass bitch for them could give a rat's ass about their nobility and it's it creates a whole different play style even though you're doing the same quest essentially it i don't know i enjoyed it a lot more so there's again there's a lot of flexibility in going back to planets and finishing off contents content on other other alts I definitely agree with that. Each one of my characters has a different personality and they're going to make different decisions in that area, even on the same quest. You know, they're, it, it does make it more interesting. I don't feel like I'm doing the exact same thing every time. Yeah. Now, after I've rolled my, you know, 12th smuggler, I might not feel that enough way. Enough. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think so, that's kind of important too with the, you know, right now compared to other MMOs because it's so new, uh, there is a very linear quest line that you're going to go through. You know, basically every character is going to go to every planet at the same time uh, on that faction. So having the ability to change how the story turns out based on you know, your character's personality or your light and dark side choices or whatever, having all these different options really goes a long way for keeping the game fresh 
when it could otherwise be stale because you've already done it before. And so I, I definitely agree, and I, and I like that we have those kind of options for that very reason. Yeah. And Tristan, you did quite a bit on Tatooine, did you not, when you were leveling by yourself? No, I did not. I didn't even <laughs> touch Tatooine. I just went there for Galt. That is okay. it. Which one was it? Was it Terrace? Because you did some with me on Terrace. Yeah, I yeah. finished Terrace. So what did you think of the questing there for the Imperial side? Um, For the most part, it's just run out and kill the rat ghouls. They're destroying everything, and you just have to run out, kill a few of them, run back in, then find someone else who wants you to kill some more. <laughs> See, oh. I thought the Terrace was... Very different on the Republic side. I actually really enjoyed Terrace on the Republic side. I wasn't as crazy about it on the Imperial side. And that's what's happening on various planets as well. Some people are liking it more based on what faction they chose. Yeah. So, and mm. the, Going out and killing the Reckles sounds extremely familiar for Terrace, but there's this whole reclamation um, perspective that the Republic get, that the Imperial don't. Trying to reclaim lost records, trying to reclaim yep. lost homes, trying to reclaim um, this city that used to be. And that's what I mean. I found it was actually a fantastic zone lore-wise on the Republic side. And meanwhile, right now, my uh, my Inquisitor is on um, Belsavis leveling up. And you want to talk about a fun freaking planet. Oh my god, that's the planet that was a Republic jail and all hell broke loose, and it is a freaking blast. Absolutely love that planet. And it's big. It's like the Texas of Star Wars. Everything's big there. So, Which one is Bell Savas? Is that uh, the one We haven't the been bugs? there yet. Okay, we haven't been to that one yet. No, yeah. Balmora is the one with the bugs. Yeah, no, this okay. Balmora I wasn't as crazy about, but... Uh, but yeah, Belsavis, and Belsavis is gorgeous. It's just a beautiful, vibrant colors. I mean, after you've spent time on Hoth for a while, and you, you're snow blind because it's just white as far as the eye can see, then Belsavis is a really nice change of pace. Okay, we're actually going to move on to our questline segment. However, in this case, the questline is actually going to be more of a flashpoint. Hello, you've reached a questline. How may I direct your call? And this is going to be Tristan who's actually going to run this one. And it's the quest called the Streets of Katamimu. It's the level 29 flashpoint that you get. Have either of you done it yet? We have not, I don't think. Or is that the one you did? No, I did Tarot 5. Okay. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of flashpoints. I'm afraid of pugs, deathly afraid of pugs. <laughs> so unless... I can get a guild group together. Um, I really haven't been doing them. Well, level your tunes on the Ebonhawk and we'll run you through. We've actually been running with <laughs> Vince and with Joe and with uh, Joe's girlfriend, Tart. We've been having actually fun just doing small groups to do the flashpoints and with Tristan as well. Okay, so tell us about the uh, flashpoint, Tristan. But it's you're going there to sort of disarm what's there and they have a whole bunch of rockets. So you go down and you fight a bit of people, then you get up to the first boss, which is Officer Officer Xander and EN4C. Officer Xander has 24,000 health points, and the robot has 16,000. And it's a cyborg and a robot that are at the starting of a bridge, and 
you start the fight with them and the first thing that happens is it says player is under arrest stop en4c from neutralizing them and the giant robot just targets someone and just runs after them the whole time which is a pain in the butt if you are the healer and you're targeted <laughs> and that's what happened to me i was the and i'm not even a healer wow. i'm on i'm off heels and i don't have any hots either they're all stand and do my my heels and when i was running with tristan and we ran with joe and vince the sure enough he targeted me the bastard so the, here i am running all around but um, it's 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 a fun fight. It's not a, a huge fight. It's it's not as good as the next one. But uh, but that little mechanic there, you got to be careful who gets hit. Yeah, the main other thing is that he throws bombs at people that can actually do up to like sixteen thousand damage and twenty percent damage to everyone random. But if you just work on the officer, En four C dies when the officer dies. So. Basically, burn down the officer. Yep. I, mean, I think that is the one that I ran then, actually, because that all sounds familiar. Okay. Next boss, Tristan? The next boss you would remember. <laughs> it's the Wookiee with a flamethrower. Most Captain... awesome boss ever. <laughs> we all agreed. <laughs> yeah, Captain Grimnik, he has 36,000 health points. But he's a Wookiee with a flamethrower that gets, like floats down from his ship and he also sends out waves of ugnots those little guys which are quite the pain in the ass i gotta tell you yeah five thousand health points too so and they always target the healer it seems yeah again that's, that's a that's a tough one basically i like that fight because it engages the dps to do more than just spank and tank the boss the dps has to really take charge and get those ugnots because there's quite a few of them that come in waves and they again a lot of times they'll go after that healer right away so it's it gives the dps something to do but it is just an awesome fight just because especially if you're the tank too going toe to toe against the freaking wookie with a flamethrower it's awesome <laughs> And one of the other things is that the Wookiee just, like, shoots the flamethrower at random every once in a while. But the Ognauts, if you get them all to into the group and go in front of the flamethrower, the Wookiee actually just kills them all with his flamethrower. So <laughs> it's pretty Gosh. helpful. No mercy. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I'm not going to talk about the, the final boss yet. It's one of the funny parts is the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> And it starts out the starting, and it is a long drop. And it is not very convincing when Vince, wasn't it, who was saying, I wish I had a spell that I could push teammates <laughs> yes. off the edge? <laughs> yeah. Not he, the thing you want but, to hear one over. But you took steps back for crying <laughs> out Yeah, there's a really long elevator ride. You just got to make sure that you ride it all the way to the bottom. But the scary thing is, there is a spell that can push people off. There's a spell the counselor gets, and the yeah, the, the counselor no, it's the knight. It's the, the knight, knight who can push. Yeah, and the Sith warrior. Yeah, he just you teleport one of your teammates to where you are to bring them out of combat. So if you run and jump over the edge, you can just pull someone down with you. I don't know about that, kiddo. But no, the actually no, that is a counselor. But the the knight and the warrior can also propel, force propel someone 
over. That's actually. I'm. I wonder I if they actually. I think you can, can only do that to enemies, though. I thought you could actually do it to the same class because or same faction. Because there's actually a video out that shows people who are cheating the Tatooine um, balloon ride to get one of the um, the the what call it? Yeah, the data crop. Yeah, the data crop because there it's a knight who shoots the Sith Inquisitor onto the side of the the ship, and then they use that pull mechanic to pull the the person up. I think they're doing that with a duel, though. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yes. Okay. Okay, moving on, kiddo. Yeah, but the final boss is General Ortol, and he has 73,000 health points, which is a long fight, but it is a really fun fight. You walk into a room, and it's got four squares on the floor, and every once in a while during the fight, there's white smoke starts coming down from one of them, and that means you run. <laughs> you just run away from there until you're out. But for the first 50% and over of his health, it's like that. But under 50% of his health, three of the four squares are lit on fire. It's a tough fight if you don't know it. If you don't know the mechanic, you're going to be sucking steel face down for quite a bit of the fight. And... Once you realize how it works and, and if you've got a decent tank that knows where to tank him, then it's not bad. But until then, it is bloody tough. And especially if you are, like myself, say an off-heel, yeah, your power goes down and you are constantly having to use your, your ability to suck some of your health down and convert it to, to power. It's a fun fight. Before that, though, kid, is when you have the lore moment, too, with the missiles. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, with the missiles, you can shoot the missiles into either an abandoned moon, which no one really cares about, or into the Republic fleet. Because you're trying to disarm them is what you're trying to do, and it says it's too late. They're going off one way or another. Do you want to send them on a moon or the Imperial fleet? And there's where you get your light side, dark side points as well. I believe it's 100 or 150. Yeah, there was no thinking yeah. <laughs> of what the three of us did. But well, that's not entirely true. Joe was playing his bounty hunter. Yeah. Three of the four of us just went... Bye-bye, Republics. It. Yeah. <laughs> so that was actually a really fun Flashpoint. Um, so, Jenny, you haven't been doing much. What about you, Jason? Have you been doing some different Flashpoints? Um, we've... We're kind of the same way in that. I haven't been doing a lot of them. I did actually do uh, the one you're talking about there. Um, I've only done it once. Every Friday, our our guild does Flashpoint runs um, as Flashpoint Friday, but I've only participated in the one, and that just happened to be the one that I went to. Um, but it, it's kind of interesting with how uh, how often I run dungeons in WoW compared to how infrequently I run them in, in Star Wars. Um, I just find it faster, easier, simpler to just keep on doing actual quests instead. So I haven't done a whole lot of flashpoints. I've run Esless and Black Talon till my eyes bled, but that's about it. See, I've been finding that it's nice. We don't do them all the time, but I find that it's nice. We we don't have a big guild and um 
And so it's not like we always have even enough characters. Sometimes we'll just bring uh, a higher level companion along to pick up the slack. But I've been finding that it's a lot It's a lot of fun. Like we're very, very relaxed us. So it's not like we are progressing and trying to gear out characters or any crap like that. We're just in there to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so when we go, we tend to have Skype open and then we are basically just shooting the breeze the entire time laughing. And sometimes there's a couple of drinks to be had, and <laughs> which made it a lot more fun. So anyways, that's actually going to wrap up the episode for this week. Thank you guys very much for coming on. It's been great to hear from, you know, a couple that plays together and how they're enjoying the game as well. Thanks for having us. Been fun. Yeah. Make sure to stop by Sinister's Journal. And it is, of course, at psinister.wordpress.com. Fantastic write-ups. Right now you've been working on the, basically the, uh, mainly the consular you've been doing and then you've yeah. got your companions thing are you how long are you planning on sticking with that before moving on to another class um i don't know it depends on uh what kind of strikes me during the day you know i, I blog about whatever class i'm having the most fun with and right now that happens to be the consular but yeah it could be uh i don't know it could be anything at any time and you just started the on on the Ebonhawk. you started a sith inquisitor was it not Yep, I started an Inquisitor, and today I started a Bounty Hunter. And we'll see which one of those takes precedence. Fantastic. Look forward to reading more. So if you guys need to reach us, not you guys, but any of the people listening, of course you can do it by sending an email to thedroidcast at gmail.com. If you have any submissions for the quest line, you can send them to that email. And we are on Twitter at thedroidcast. Of course, I'm going to have the links for their uh, the blog as well as their our guests' uh, Twitter accounts, and you'll be able to find those on the show notes. So once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See you next week. Are you all right now, Jenny? It wasn't as bad as you I'm, thought? I, I think I'm okay. All right. <laughs> and, and I talked voluntarily. Yes, you did. And it, your voice only quivered for the first 10 minutes or so. After that, you seemed to settle in. <laughs> Everybody's going to pick up on that. I, I can't edit that out. I'm sorry. I can edit no, out no, a lot no. of other stuff. Not that. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Jenny? Good. That's it? You're not nervous, are you? Maybe a little bit. No. This is the same as when we were on Vent before. Think of it the same way. That's what I've been telling her, but she don't believe me. Really, what am I going to put you on the spot about? Why you're with Jason? No, I'll leave that out. (laughs) We we all wonder that all the time. The world may never know. (laughs) Either that or go take a shot of something. (laughs) There's got to be liquor in the house. There is no liquor in our house. All right, forget I said that. <laughs> I'm good. You are going to talk, though, right, Jenny? It's not It's not going to be like pulling teeth, right? I, I, I will. I'm, <laughs> I'm just nervous because it's not so much like, I don't know, it feels like I should have something worthwhile to say if I'm on a podcast, and I really don't think that I, I have anything worthwhile. <laughs> how about you let us be the judge of that? Okay. All right. All right.